welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me. And I want to begin with a question. Have you ever felt like you did not belong? Have you ever felt like you didn't belong? I think all of us have felt that way. The good news is this, and I want to talk about this today. The good news is that you do belong, whether you feel like it or not. We're going to talk about that today. Before we jump into that, though, Again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you joining me. And I hope that today's episode will be a help to you, at least give you an expanded perspective on what is going on uh, in your life as it relates to purpose and direction and meaning and fulfillment. We'll talk about all of that today. If you are listening and not yet subscribed, please make sure that you are subscribed. Hit that uh, subscribe button, the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform it is you're listening from, please do that. And then go over to YouTube. You can find my channel. Go to YouTube, search for my name, Jeremy Stallnecker, and you'll find my channel there. You can subscribe, then hit the notification bell, and then you can interact with all the content there, archives of this show, other content that I put there as well. I'd love for you to check that out. That is a good place for you to leave me a comment, to share content out, and uh, just a great place to connect. And then finally, if you get some time today, please take a moment, go to my webpage, jeremystallnecker.com, jeremystallnecker.com, uh, all one word. Go to that webpage, you can find my contact information. That's all there. My social is all there. My blog is there. And that's where I spend a lot of time writing every week. I have a new blog post on the blog there at jeremystallnecker.com. And then just this last week, uh, I started a new section on the blog on the menu. You'll see the word culture. Tap that and uh, blog posts about culture uh, pop up. I I wanted to to kind of sort these out. Uh, The content on my blog normally is about what we talk about on this show. It's about pushing forward, uh, growing, learning, and really gaining the skills you need to be what God created you to be. That all happens, uh, not all happens, but a lot of that happens uh, on my blog, uh, and I'd love for you to check that out. That's the blog. But the culture side, uh, there are a lot of things happening in our world, and one of the encouragements that I give to people that I talk to and speak with is to view the world, what's happening in culture, what's happening around us through the lens of the Bible, through a biblical lens, And so I've started writing on some things there, and uh, my goal is to each week put out a new article on that culture blog that talks about something happening in the world and how we should view that, ways that we can think about it. So please check that out as well. That would be awesome. So the question I started with is this, have you ever felt like you don't belong? You look around at the people that you associate with or the people that you admire, that you look up to, that you follow the people that you, in your estimation, have determined are making a difference in the world. You look at them and then contrast them with yourself. (laughs) And you say, maybe not out loud, but definitely within your heart, I just don't belong. I look at these people and they're accomplishing things, they're doing things, they seem so confident, they they look like they've always got it figured out, that they never second-guess themselves or question what they're doing. They seem to belong. They're making things happen. And then I'm here just trying to figure it out. We talk on this show about marching when it would be easier to just stay where we are and die. That's the thrust, the focus of our show. 
in so many ways, as we go through life, there will be trials and traumas and difficulties and all of these things come into our lives. And when we're confronted with those things, a lot of other things happen. We're confronted with the difficulty or the trial, the obstacle, and then a series of events take place. And in that series of events, one of the questions we have to answer is, does it matter? And can I make a difference? Am I going to continue to deal with this obstacle, to push beyond it, to march, even though it would be easier to stay where I am and die, to give up, to emotionally and spiritually and relationally quit, to just stay where I am, to be content with no more forward movement? Uh, Should I continue to march forward even when it would be easier not to? And if I do, does it really matter? Does my contribution make a difference? All of the effort, the energy, the time, uh, dealing with the pain and the stress, does it even matter? Do I belong here? In my own life, uh, if I had to identify insecurities, we all have insecurities, but if I had to identify one of the big insecurities in my life, it's this one. This feeling that I don't necessarily belong. I think there is value. I've talked about this. I've written about this. I think there's real value in surrounding yourself with people that are uh, achieving more than you're achieving. They're a little bit further down the road than you are. They're involved in some things that you have not yet uh, aspired to or gotten to. Uh, They're doing things. They're, They're a little bit beyond you. I think it's good to surround yourself with those kind of people, high performers, because they really motivate you to do more. The problem with that, the challenge with that is that you can then look at these high performers that are around you. And if if you've only surrounded yourself with those who are performing well, you can conclude that that is the majority of the world and you just don't fit in. I know in my own life, I am constantly dealing with this question of, do I belong? Does it matter? Do my contributions make a difference to the skills and the opportunities and the talents that I have? If I have any, do they make a difference in the lives of others? This is an insecurity that I have. I know, again, practically in my own life, when I am then uh, forced to deal with uncomfortable situations or difficulties or trials or obstacles, uh, it comes back to that for me. When I engage with these things, or if I choose to engage with these things, does it even matter? We look at other people, and it seems that they've got it all figured out. We know our innermost thoughts and our innermost insecurities. And so, in contrast, we see their highlight reel, as it's been said, and yet we're constantly looking at our blooper reel. Someone said that. But that's what it feels like. They've got it all figured out. They're making a difference in the world, and I'm not. What I have to be careful about when I have those thoughts, and what you need to be careful about if you have those thoughts, is that even though you may not say it out loud, and you may not even think this way until I give you this perspective, if you conclude that your contribution here in the world is not worthwhile, that you have no abilities or skills or talents to speak of, that you have no opportunities that will make a difference in the life of anyone outside of yourself. When you conclude that you are not enough or you conclude that you do not belong, what you're really saying, although again, I don't know that you would say it out loud, but what you're really communicating 
to God is that he must have made a mistake. He must have done something wrong or made a mistake or ran out of things to offer when he got to you because he seems to have gifted other people uh, in such a, an enormous way with opportunity and talents and ability and confidence. He, he's given all of these things to them, and yet with you, there's nothing. You were left over, or maybe he forgot, or maybe he made a mistake. The Bible in Psalm 139 and verse 14, the psalmist says this, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, Marvelous, marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. The psalmist said this, I'll praise you, why? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We look at the world and say, I'm not enough. I don't belong. So instead of pushing forward, marching forward, I'm just going to stay where I am. I'm going to give up. I'm going to try to survive somehow, but that's the best I can do. And yet God would say, no, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Isn't that a great phrase? Ephesians 2 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul writing about this said, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That word workmanship, it means we are his, his craft his creative work, his creative effort, his workmanship. He put us together. He made us. We go back to the book of Genesis and we know that we are created in the image of God. Fearfully and wonderfully made. We are his workmanship, created unto good works. That's for a purpose and with a direction. But we are down on ourselves. And 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12 addresses this. For we dare not make ourselves of the number, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You see, when we compare ourselves to others, when we see what they're doing and conclude that we have no place, we feel inadequate and we feel out of place because we are unwisely comparing ourselves to someone who we don't know that well. We have no idea what's going on inside. But ultimately, someone that God is responsible for and we are not. Instead of comparing ourselves to others and asking if we have a place, we need to ask ourselves very simply, am I doing what God has called me to do? You see, you do belong, just like I belong. We belong. Because God created us, and He gifted us with purpose and direction. He gave us the talents and the abilities, all that we need to accomplish all that He wants for us to do. However, He may not want us to do what He wants other people to do. He hasn't gifted us to accomplish what He's gifted other people to accomplish. But the good news is this. You're not responsible for what someone else is doing with what God has given to them. You're only responsible for what God has given to you. And it is when we, each as individuals, take what God has given to us and work together, we then accomplish God's big plan for the world. I love this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 14. It's a little bit long. I'm going to read it to you, though. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? 
And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. If And, and if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body. Verse 18 is great. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Here, the Bible is describing really the church as being many members. As a body. You see, collectively, the church and the people in it work as a body, function as a body, accomplish what the body accomplishes. But in order for the body to work, hands are required and feet are required and ears and eyes and a nose. They're all required. And God puts those pieces in place. The Bible says here, as it hath pleased him. God is the master builder. You see, God has given each of us exactly what he wants us to have and what we need to have to accomplish our purpose in the body. This is the good news. We belong. The, the question is not, do we belong? The question is, where do I belong? And the joy that comes from asking that question is an understanding that you do indeed belong. God created you wonderfully. He created you for His purpose. And He has a plan that only you can fulfill. I believe God is bigger than any one of us, but I also believe that God has chosen to use us to fulfill His plan. So the question should be not, do I belong, but how can I know where I belong? I want to give you a few thoughts today, just a few quick things. How do I know where I belong? Okay, I belong. I'm in the body. God has a plan. God's gifted me. God's created me for a purpose. Where do I belong? What are some things that I can look at to understand that? I want to give you a few thoughts. I've written on this elsewhere. Again, you can check out the blog, jeremystalliker.com. Um, I wrote on this. I've written on purpose and direction and God's plan in other places. You can check that out as well if you'd like to. But a couple of thoughts. Uh, number one, how do I know where I belong? <laughs> number one, stop comparing yourself to others. I, I've made this point. I've tried to be very clear about that. But stop comparing yourself to others. The only person you are responsible for is you. You're not responsible for what someone else does with the gifts that God gives to them. You're not. As a parent, you can influence your kids. You can encourage your kids. You can even use discipline to help your kids go the right direction. We could spend a lot of time on this point. But ultimately, even as a parent, you're not responsible for what your children do with the gifts, talents, opportunities that God has given to them. You are responsible for what God has given to you. So stop comparing yourself to others. Comparison absolutely destroys us. We're not moving as fast as them. We're not accomplishing as much as them. Our audience is, is not as big as theirs. We're, we're not as far along as they are. Stop. The only thing you should compare yourself against is what God has set in front of you. That's number one. Stop comparing yourself to others. Number two, this is so important. Commit to taking advantage of the opportunities that God does put in front of you. Commit, that's in your heart, in your mind, before God. 
commit to taking advantage of the opportunities that God does set in front of you. Decide ahead of time that when an opportunity to use your God-given talents presents itself, you will take advantage of that opportunity, regardless of how big or small it may seem. I'll give you a silly example. It may not be silly to you. It's not silly to me. If you feel as though you are gifted to communicate, gifted to speak, a long, long time ago, I started teaching, and I felt like God had given me the ability to do that. I'm still learning and growing, and I still study speaking and communicating all of the time, but I've had great opportunities to speak. If you feel that God has given you that opportunity, commit ahead of time that when God gives you the opportunity to do what you believe he's gifted you to do, that you'll take advantage of it. Here's what that means. It means if at church you're asked to lead a small group for small children, you take advantage of that. It's an opportunity to leverage God's gifts for the benefit of others. You've already committed. You've already made that decision. So when the opportunity arises, regardless of how big or small the opportunity may seem, you take advantage of it. Maybe there will be other times, uh, a, a group of some size, this group or that group or some other opportunity, big, small, or otherwise. Take advantage of that. I remember when I was in college, speaking to uh, a group of young men, boys, they were all uh, 17 or younger, at a correctional facility in Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> Sunday afternoon, we'd go over there and teach a Bible lesson. I was terrible. They didn't care, uh, but they had to sit there and listen. I've taught children. I've taught teenagers. I've spoken to adults. I've taught in a business setting at a, a conference table. Every opportunity I could and can I use to communicate truth. Take advantage, but commit ahead of time to taking advantage. Now, if you have so many opportunities that time becomes an issue and you're deciding how to allocate resources, then you have to make those decisions. But until you get there, just decide that you're going to take advantage of every opportunity that God puts in front of you. That is opportunity that God puts in front of you. You have to understand that as well. Number three, <laughs> do what the Bible says. I, I don't know how to be more clear on this. Do what the Bible says. The Bible has direction that applies to everyone, everywhere. There are specific commands and admonitions given in Scripture that apply to all of us. <clears throat> it is amazing when I speak to people who are waiting for God to show them what he wants them to do, waiting for an opportunity or a door to open, uh, waiting for something to happen, praying that God would work, and yet they're not doing the things the Bible tells them to. We're told in Scripture to communicate the gospel to everyone. We are supposed to be actively communicating the gospel. We're told to spend time reading the Word and spend time in prayer. So many other admonitions we could talk about so many other things that are given in Scripture. And I'm not talking about a legalistic adherence to the Bible so that God will love us somehow. I'm simply saying, understand what God wants everyone to do. That is universal. And do that until you are doing what God has commanded all of us to do. Don't be surprised when there aren't specific opportunities for you. Start with what you know. And then let God reveal the next thing, the unknown. Next, number four, invest in the talents that you do have. This is great. I, I read a long time ago. I can't remember who even said it, but I remember reading it. 
the statement's very simple. Writers write, speakers speak. <laughs> Writers write and speakers speak. You know what that means? It means even if you don't have an audience yet, if you believe you have a gift for writing, then start writing. Start a blog. Uh, put meaningful posts out on social media. So many opportunities today to communicate through the written word. So many opportunities. Writers write. If you think you have that in you, then invest in that. You'll learn. You'll grow. You'll figure out what works and what doesn't. And God can use that. Speak or speak. Again, as I mentioned, find opportunities to leverage that gift. Maybe you're an artist. Artists art or whatever you say with artists. <laughs> if you're an artist, do what you do as an artist. Whatever your gifting is, do that thing. Don't wait for the big opportunity to come along and say, God, when you open up this amazing door and it becomes very clear, then I'll do it. Take what God has given you, little or much, and steward over it well. And let God decide what he wants to do with that. If he decides to grow it, let him grow it. But do what you know you've been gifted to do. There are some people that are incredibly gifted in caring for others. Care for others. Find a place at your church. Volunteer uh, in a community organization. Somewhere that you can use that gift. Just use it. Don't wait. Focus on the responsibilities that you currently have. This is the next one. Invest in the talents you have. But then focus on the responsibilities that you currently have. I could give a lot of examples here. I'm not going to give many. I'll give one. I've met a lot of husbands and fathers, men, who have a dream, have a hope, have some skills and some talents, maybe some opportunities opening up in front of them, and they're really so forward-looking, waiting on God to do something big. And yet in all of that, they're not good fathers or good husbands they're not fulfilling the responsibilities that they currently have. They're looking past those responsibilities to something in the future. I don't believe God blesses us in the long term. Now, clearly there are people that look like there's blessing and opportunity, even though they're terrible husbands and fathers and moms. And I know that. But I believe God's blessing comes to those that fulfill the responsibilities that they have now and trust God for what comes next. When someone says, I don't know what God wants me to do. If they're a husband, they're a father, they're a mom, they're an employee. I always say, well, you know these things, so do those things. Start there. Focus on the responsibilities you currently have. Next, find someone further down the road than you and ask a lot of questions. I've talked about mentoring before. I won't spend a lot of time on this, but get someone outside of your immediate circle, uh, someone that you trust, someone that's a little bit older than you, a little more mature perhaps, and ask them what they think. Ask them to evaluate your life and help you to determine what gifts God has given to you and where you belong, where you fit, how you can leverage that. Spend some time with them. Next, number seven, read and pray. I alluded to this earlier, but read and pray. Be in the Word of God. That is, hearing from God what He wants us to know. We find that in Scripture. And then spend time in prayer, asking God to give us wisdom, to guide us, and to direct us, to show us what He wants us to see. His Word is truth. It serves as a lamp and a light. And as we go to Him in prayer, His will 
and our will become aligned, ours to his, not his to ours. And he gives us the wisdom we need to apply the knowledge that we have. Finally, I'd say in all of this, be patient. None of this will look the way that you think it will or happen in the timing that you anticipate. This is one of the struggles for a lot of us. Uh, we thought we would knew, we knew where we'd be at this point or what this would look like or how this would unfold. It doesn't work that way. Be patient. You are responsible to steward over what God has placed in your hands. Those talents, abilities, opportunities. You're responsible to take care of those. But you're not responsible for what happens next. Don't set expectations that if unmet will cause you to feel disappointed, depressed, or worst case, put you in a place where you no longer want to move forward. Steward well and trust God for the rest. The truth is you belong even when you don't think that you do. You belong. And if you'll focus on what God has given you, what he set in front of you, and you'll be committed to that, then you will find your place in the body that was created and assembled for his glory. I talk all the time about marching when it would be easier to just stay where you are and die. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of temptations to quit. And one of the ones that gets me <laughs> is this one. It's really hard to keep moving forward in the face of obstacles and trials if you believe that it doesn't really matter. If you believe that you don't belong. So, if you want to march when it would be easier to die, get a hold of the truth that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, created by Him and for Him with purpose and direction. Understand who you are, steward over what He has given to you, and trust Him to use you as a very important part of His big plan. I hope that's an encouragement to you. I need to revisit this often. The world can be overwhelming. It can be discouraging. It can be depressing. <laughs> and we need to be reminded that God is bigger and he has a plan for our lives. Appreciate you watching and or listening. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.